Hey, I'm Paul. And I'm Christian. Welcome to I'm Dying to Tell You, inspiration shared by our mom who is dying from ALS. There is no cure for our mom or anyone else with ALS. But right now, she's on a mission to find and share stories of inspiration. Coming to you from Cincinnati, Ohio, we're happy to introduce the one lady we've both loved since the first day we laid eyes on her. The queen of the queen city, our mom, your host, Lori. Hello and welcome. Welcome back. I'm Lori, your host of I'm Dying to Tell You. Thank you so much for being here. I am dying to tell you that I am going to share some good news coming out of this pandemic. I am interviewing here my very first international guest, Nina Ambrose from the UK. She got really clever when she couldn't see her dad in a nursing home. And it's just a really sweet story. And I'm so, so grateful for this conversation at this time. Yeah, so let's get right to it. Welcome, Nina Ambrose. Now, are you in London? I'm just outside of London. So I am in a place called Essex and so it's just outside of London about 17 miles. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I came across your story and it was just perfect timing about what you have done to stay physically close to your dad during this time. Since I'm going through my mom in dementia right now I can really really relate. Why don't you tell me what's been going on? (laughs) Okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, Dad was diagnosed with memory impairment 12 years ago, and then um, he developed Alzheimer's probably around about seven years ago. Um, So I've managed to keep him in his own home for the last 12 years with the use of technology, which has been amazing, Mm -hmm. um, which is something that I do cover on Ransom Big Pants along our story highlight, because I've documented mine and Dad's journey over the last couple of years, you see, to help people. So anyway, December and January this year, he had um, tummy bug and then he got a chest infection, both of which he had to be admitted to hospital. Now, if people aren't aware, what happens is, you know, if somebody gets a bad illness when they have Alzheimer's, they take a big dip and they never actually really come back to where they were. So sadly, that happened for dad. Well, I had earmarked a care home for dad and he moved in in January after this um, because I just decided that he wasn't safe anymore in his own home. So he had time to adjust in January, February and then the first two weeks of March. And then, of course, COVID struck mm. and we went into lockdown. So I had been to the home um, pretty much every day, actually, for a good two or three hours after I'd finished work, so I worked full time and I'd just spend a lot of time with him and the other residents, you know, getting to know them. And uh, yeah, COVID hit and I just thought I cannot not see him. So I said to the care home, look, you know, I will do anything. I will cook, 
I can't cook, but I didn't tell them that. Um, <laughs> I, I will I will clean. I will do reception. I will do entertainment because I've been in entertainment for many years. Um, so I was very happy to come in and sing to them, do a bit of a knees up, whatever, you know, quizzes, etc. <laughs> it took about sort of five weeks. I had to have a couple of interviews and then do some online tests. And then I had to wait for the DBS check. And then, yeah, got the job, you know, very luckily, the the job to volunteer. So I was furloughed from my job. So this enabled me to go in and do three shifts at the care home to be a volunteer, which was lucky. And seven months on, I'm still there doing my three days a week at the care home. So Um. throughout the whole of lockdown, since April really end of April up till now um yeah I have been able to see dad which has been Mm. amazing and yes I am so lucky um you know I see it from both points of view the care home are doing everything they can to keep people safe and I god I really feel for loved ones who are not able to see their family members at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah I know in my circle of friends, that seems to be the toughest thing right now. You know, having parents that are in, you know, we call them nursing homes or senior homes here. And, you know, we had an incident with my mom where she was in the hospital and then went from there to a home and it it just didn't work out after 10 days. The home was great, but it was killing us, you know, not being able to see her. And uh, she wasn't adapting very well. So we pulled her out and, you know, now trying to take care of her 24 seven, there's just no good answer. You know, know, there is no good answer. It's really tough for people out there at the moment, whether you are you know, your loved one is in a care home, or even if they are at home, there's just there doesn't seem to be certainly here in the UK, a viable solution right now. You didn't have any experience in the healthcare field. Yeah, no, none at all. I, well, actually, I look after the um, culture and communication for Benefit Cosmetics for their head office in the oh. UK oh. Um, and Ireland. So, um, so obviously that started in San Francisco. So I've been looking after that for 18 years. So the care home have actually offered me a job. but the difficult thing is I don't really want to work where my dad is living because then I feel I will probably rush the time that I have with dad if that makes sense yeah getting pulled uh in different ways with the job of course yeah and I think once this is over if I am working there full time the last thing I'm gonna want to do once I've spent you know maybe eight hours you know on dad's unit is wanting to spend another couple of two three hours there with him so I just don't feel it's going to be the healthy thing to do and actually giving back for free right now during these times is great for my mental well-being as well you know it's good to give something back dad when he retired he um worked for an old people's home and and he had a minibus and he would take them all out for the day so dad has always taught me to give something back oh I love that Yeah, so I think it's really important to do that, you know, in this world. Yeah, and especially to our seniors. My mom and I put together uh, gift bags for seniors and for veterans. And we had people, you know, recommend people that were living alone or could use some encouragement. We put a little note in it. You know, we know times are tough. You're loved and not alone. And the response that we have gotten to these little inexpensive gift bags how wonderful though has been so overwhelming and like 
heartbreaking at the same time, you know, nine-year-old man saying this is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. Oh my goodness me. You know, as much as that warms your heart, it upsets you at the same time. Yeah. So um, we're already working on something for the holidays, you know, for seniors, but... um. What will you do there? What 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 do you think you'll do? Some cards? Yeah, that. And you know, with her dementia, I thought maybe she could decorate some bags or something. Lovely. To give her a chance to physically do something. Yeah, and that yeah. gives your mum a sense of worth as well, you know? Right. And it's like what we were saying before, although she may not remember the experience that you're doing together, she will remember how that makes her feel. I love that. I read that you said that, and I was, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> and and uh, remember that because anyone that has been, you know, with someone that has Alzheimer's or dementia, it can be hard. It really is hard. It really is frustrating. It's also upsetting, you know, mm-hmm. and and you can't obviously show your loved one really that you are upset because you want to be brave for them and you don't want them to feel that you're hurting. So you have to kind of vent that in some way, you know. And, you know, it was somebody actually from a dementia society very early days with dad that taught me that. And they said, mm-hmm. you know, they don't remember what they've done, but they remember how they feel and with that alone I have always said that I will leave dad with either love or laughter so Mm -hmm. whether that be that I tell him I love him or whether that be that I tell him a joke I always leave with that scenario because then he's either feeling happy or loved I love that and I left my sister uh two hours ago with my mom and they had a rough day yesterday and I had told her about what you said and I yelled out the window love her laughter and she gave well, me a <laughs> she gave me a look like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was funny but I'm like love and laughter it is so difficult isn't it well tell me what it's like during the uh, day that you're at the home you go in you're volunteering for a few hours just to take um, you know, today, as an example, I go to the lounge in the first instance, see who's sitting in the lounge. I will always walk in and go, good morning, good morning. I'll always sing to them. Um, and, <laughs> oh. you know, they're like, again, if it's not me, they recognize, they recognize the emotion that I give them, oh. you know, and I'll always try and start with a happy song or something. And a lot of them do say to me, you know, oh, we're singing today. Are we singing today? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's lovely. And then, you know, I'll sort of interact a bit with people in the lounge, but then I'll go around the rooms individually and just sort of have a little conversation with people that tend to stay in their rooms. Just so again, it's it's just a little conversation. You know, I was talking to a lady and she was convinced that somebody had stolen her credit card from under her pillow, mm-hmm. you know. So instead of arguing or saying, Oh, you know what, that didn't happen, you know, I'll just say, Don't you worry, I'm gonna get on to the head nurse and we're going to get the police and we will sort this out because there's no point in arguing with them they truly believe that has happened so if you're going don't be silly don't be daft that never happened Mm -hmm. it didn't happen but they truly believe it did it's better for them if you go along with the story and you comfort them so I told her that you know we were going to get the police involved and this would get sorted and that her credit card would be passed on to her daughter so that her daughter could keep it safe. So, yeah, we're telling white lies for a reason, to keep them comforted and to not panic them, yeah? Oh, so sorry, start going around the rooms. Um, And then today I said, right, let's do a quiz. 
And I just sat on the floor in the middle and just read out quiz questions, 1930s, 1940s quizzes, you know, questions about the world wars and things like that. And they really, they love that because then it kind of, it sparks up conversation, you know, so what year did World War II start? You know, and then somebody will answer it and then Mabel will say, oh, I was an evacuee during the war. Mm-hmm. Oh, where did you evacuate? So it just, it's really good conversation starters for them yeah. all. We do musical bingo mm-hmm. and music is amazing. You know, we've seen so many videos, haven't we, of yeah. music being played to dementia or Alzheimer's patients. And, you know, the feeling that that brings on, the memories that that can stir up in them. I don't know if you've seen that one of the lady who's played uh, music, the Swan Swan Lake. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, saw that. How, mm-hmm. how incredible, um, oh. you know, who hasn't really spoken. You put that on and she's literally in that moment back to choreographing from when she was in a ballet. I mean, it's just. That was amazing. Stunning. Yeah. How and stunning. To, to my listeners. If you haven't seen that video, I'm going to put a link in my show notes to that video because it's pretty awesome. Oh, it's really emotional. It's amazing. People as well might want to look up um, Nick and Paul. So Nick and Paul, um, basically um, the the dad, Nick has got the Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and uh, you can give this guy four notes. He's always been, I think he was a music teacher or something. Okay. You can give him four notes. And he will play a tune using four notes on a piano. Now, this went viral, just the fact that he does this and that he's got Alzheimer's. And the British Royal Orchestra found out about it. And they have put this huge orchestration and arrangement behind it. It is the most beautiful, emotive piece of music. It is just stunning. So this is currently all over the UK at the moment. And it will, I'm sure it will come to you because it is incredible. Is it Nick, N-I-C-K, and Paul, P-A-U-L? That's okay. it. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll Nick and Paul. Yeah. 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 Have a look. It's an incredible piece yeah. of music, but just wonderful how, yeah. you know, his son is really helping him, helping him on this journey to keep focused on music, you know? Yeah. I love how this whole journey started with you wanting to see your dad and now it just seems like when you talk that you really light up and you know you're falling in love with the other seniors that are there yeah yeah yeah. I I definitely am Laurie you know I've I've been there seven months now and because lockdown has hit again I was on a couple of units um, so I was getting to know quite a lot of the residents However, now due to lockdown, I'm back just on one unit. So I'm really missing my ladies. Mm-hmm. I was doing a sing-along in the advanced dementia unit. And when they told me I was going to do that, I was a little bit scared, if I'm honest, because I didn't know what to accept and I, I expect, sorry. And I've obviously dad's not really what well, he's starting to become advanced stages now, you know, the later stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went in there, I have to say, I think it's my favorite. Oh. I think because to see their faces light up and to sing along with certain certain snippets of music that they know, like all the war songs, you know, all the old London songs and, you know, that they used to sing when they were in a bar. And it's oh. just so heartwarming. I cannot tell you. You have a beautiful voice. 
So what it, can you sing just a couple lines of like the favorite song that just makes those residents smile? Yes. So um, <laughs> we'll meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Do you know that one? Mm -hmm. No, I love that. Okay, so that yeah. was by Dame Vera Lynn. And Vera Lynn was one of our, she was a, a sweetheart during the war times. So she would go out and sing to all the troops. So they absolutely oh, love Dame Vera Lynn. That makes so much sense. Oh, yeah, so they love her. Well, you can probably just walk in there and sit on a, sit in a chair and sing. <laughs> do you know what? Sometimes I do. There's a, there's yeah. a lovely resident and um, she'll always say, will you sing today? Will you sing today? And I always say, yeah, yeah, I'll sing today. Oh. And I do just sing. But I, it's really difficult because some of them are quite deaf and some of them have got complete hearing. So some of them are saying, not so loud. And some oh. are saying, can you get louder? So, it's really oh. so I tend to put the ones that are, you know, hard of hearing at one end and the ones that can hear properly down another so that you can kind of get that balance that you're not oh. deafening some, but the others can hear you. <laughs> oh, that is funny. It's always something. Oh, my gosh. So what have you learned? What have you learned over the past seven months, eight months, nine months, whatever it's been? You know, I've learned so much about Alzheimer's and dementia, every single stage that this is going to have. And I've learned that in talking with each other about this disease, this illness, whatever you want to call it, it's really, really important to educate yourself for what's to come, actually, because it's a difficult road. And listen, you're going to feel guilty. You are going to have a lot of guilt along this journey. Mm -hmm. Don't feel guilty. We're all doing our best. We've all got our own lives to lead. And actually, would our parents want us to feel guilty? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, I know for 100% fact that my dad would not want that. Yeah. Um, but we can't help but feel guilty. And we're always going to think to ourselves, we could do more. But take it from me, you know, you're doing your best. Mm -hmm. I tell myself that I am doing my best. People say, my God, what a hero you are going in. Do you know what? No, I'm just a girl that is doing the right thing by her dad. And mm -hmm. if, if the roles are reversed, my dad would do the same for me. A hundred percent, hundred and ten percent know it. Yeah. When you at the end of your volunteer shift, tell me about when your dad sees you. You know, it's a real hard one, this. I think, you know, I think a lot of people want me to go, oh, my God, you know, he, he absolutely lights up. He does cartwheels. He does whatever. And, you know, I was on a, on a British TV show the other day, and it's a really big show here. It's called This Morning. Mm -hmm. And um, and I did an interview on there just about what I'd been doing. And the care home had sat him down. And at the end of the interview with these famous interviewers, you know, they said hello to everybody at Manor Lodge, which is where dad's care home is. And then I rang the care home and I said, oh, did dad see it? Did he love it? And they went, no, he weren't really bothered. <laughs> but all the staff loved it. So that was perfect. Oh. But, you know, I think we have in our minds, don't we? You know, it's a bit like when I think people think that they're going to, you know, go and see their loved ones that they haven't seen for ages. If they've got Alzheimer's and dementia, you know, we're going to go and we're going to hug them like they're, oh my God, like they've never been hugged before. But actually the reality is if they've got Alzheimer's or dementia, they don't know if they saw you four days ago, four weeks ago or four months ago, you yeah. know? Yeah. So dad is exactly the same when I go to see him. You know, he's, 
he knows who I am and yes his face lights up and yes we you know we laugh and we joke etc and I mean it's just another day for dad you know mm-hmm. you know I said to him today do you know that I've taken a job to be here <laughs> to see you and he just said no oh <laughs> you know he just doesn't it doesn't oh, compute man. but what I take heart from Laurie is the fact that you know dad is he's content He's happy. Yep. He sleeps a lot, yep. but he's content and he's happy. And I have to take heart from that. Right. Yeah. Your dad's the same age as my mom, by the way. Oh, wow. 77. So your dad still knows who you are then? Yes. Yes, he does for now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and But he's definitely deteriorated an awful lot in the last well, really, in the last sort of 10 months, if you like. But it, it it's a hard one. As much as we're going in and doing entertainment and the carers and, and are doing their job, they're still not out and about. You know, I would have been taking dad to museums. I would have been taking him out three days a week interacting with people in a local coffee shop. You know, those yeah. kind of things aren't happening. Right. And that kind of interaction, again, they may not be, they may not remember where they've been, but they know how to interact yeah you know oh my gosh you're saying so many things that are just uh sticking with me right now good and, good um, you know like the expectations my mom so recently was in a home for 10 days and we called her we facetimed her on day seven to tell her we're bringing you home you know i couldn't wait to see her little reaction and when i told her that she said no no <laughs> No, I'm not going. No, I'm like, what? You haven't eaten. You haven't taken any medicine. You haven't got out of bed. What are you, you know? And then when we picked her up, the day we picked her up, same thing. We were waiting right by the door, right, you know, 15 minutes early. Couldn't wait to see her come out and, and see us. And she walks out and gives us a dirty look in the car. And we're like, what the heck have we done? You know what? I'm I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because genuinely it happens all the time. People have been waiting for these visits. They plan these visits two weeks and then their loved one walks in. They're like, oh, my God, mom. And the mum's like, what? Uh-huh. But it's like, oh, you, your heart breaks for the relatives. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Manage your own expectations there. Oh, I know. Yes, yeah. totally. But, I mean, you've got a lot on your plate as well with ALS and you're trying to deal with all this. And, you know, yeah. you were saying before, you're not sleeping much. And, yeah, you know, it's a lot to take on. It is. It really, really is. But it's been uh, great to connect with you. And I just might be calling on you again. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you know, it's nice to... I've had I've done a lot of interviews about this. It's kind of gone a little bit crazy here in the UK. Um, I think just because it's a nice news story. That's the only thing I can think of, you know, that a daughter sort of volunteered for a dad. And and it yeah, it has just gone bonkers. But I think if I can inspire anyone just to volunteer during these times, uh, you know, like I say to people, even if you do the tea run on a Saturday morning to free up the carers to do their jobs, you know, because they're not getting any respite at the moment because every single resident is in at every point of the day. It's not like they're being taken out, you know. So, yeah, I'd love to, you know, definitely hook up again further down the line, perhaps, you know, dad will obviously be further on, as will your mum. But I think it's really important to have these conversations, Laurie, you know, 
to spread awareness for people to gear themselves up for what is to come. Mm -hmm. Um, And I truly think where I educated myself quite quickly, I found that the earlier years of dad having memory impairment were harder for me Mm -hmm. because I've done so much research. So I knew what was going to come as much as it's hurtful. uh, You know, I find that I deal with that better. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, I think just knowing, I mean, we're kind of learning on the job. <laughs> you know, we're like on, on the job. We didn't understand what was going on in this situation. And now that we look back, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, just trying to understand it. And it's different for everyone. And that's really hard as well. You so- know, that is a really good point, Laurie. Everyone's dementia journey is different. You know, I do a talk once a month. It's called Dementia in Our Shoes. And we just do a live over on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, I do it with my friend Sharon. And her mum was diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's two years ago. She mm-hmm. just started palliative care this week. Do you call it palliative care over mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, so she's just started that, whereas dad has had it for 12 years and he's still going strong. So every single journey is different. But I tell you something that has come out of lockdown is things like this conversations are happening, whereas they wasn't necessarily happening before. Right. I get hundreds of messages a month about Alzheimer's and how do people deal with it? You know, what technology can they put in their parents home so that they can, you know, maybe have a conversation with them via a camera. Yeah. Um, Etc. And just to see that they're safe because otherwise you don't sleep. Yeah. For those that aren't in our situation that don't have a parent or a loved one that has Alzheimer's or dementia or is even in a nursing home right now, what can people do? Can we do something for those employees in the care homes, you know, to lift them up? What would you suggest? Like, what can we do? You know what? That's a really, really good question. And, um, you know, I see from time to time that um, family members of residents that are in there will just buy them a big box of chocolate or or send some flowers to the team or or something just to brighten up their office. Or And you know what? You'll be surprised at how much that does for them. Mm. Um, and, And over here, you know, a lot of people, when this virus first started, people were hand making scrubs, you know, for people to wear. And they were just being dropped off at the care home because they needed to change their uniforms all the time. There wasn't enough uniforms. So people have been really caring and really appreciating what yeah. people are doing during these times. And so I think, you know, even a card, a bowl of fruit, anything, mm-hmm. you know, just to say thanks, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Don't forget the seniors. Don't forget those people that are taking care of the seniors. Uh, Very much at the start of this uh, pandemic, people were dying left, right and centre. And these people were putting themselves on the front line to look after our loved ones. Absolutely. Well, I want you to tell me the best memory that you have had with your dad. Tell me something that you love about your dad. Okay, well, my dad was a lorry driver. So dad was a truck driver for many years. So he had a big tanker lorry. I used to love going in the, in the lorry. And mm. I remember having this little bear called Paddington Bear, you probably heard of. Mm-hmm. So Paddington Bear. And he was probably, I don't know, let's say about half a foot high or a foot. Yeah, 
Anyway, this Paddington bear came with welly boots, but I was so small when I used to go trucking with dad. I used to take the welly boots off of my Paddington bear <laughs> and wear his red Wellingtons to go trucking with my dad. Oh, and then my gosh. I used to love it. And my, my dad would always pretend. He used to say to me, I'm really tired, Neen. And I'd go, oh, OK, dad, don't fall asleep, you know. And he'd, he'd oh. obviously be driving, but what he'd, he'd be going, so he'd be shutting one eye pretending to be asleep while he was driving and I'd always go dad don't and then it would make him laugh obviously that I was panicking and then at the end when we used to go back to the depot and put the truck in the depot Mm -hmm. um, dad would take me into his bus and they would give me a little brown envelope with some money in it because I'd done a day's work with dad so they were amazing amazing memories and and you know just trying to get up into a truck it's just yeah. you know like you used to have to lift me up and lift me down they're just so big aren't they so those for me are really uh, really precious times you know yeah that's great you had your special time with him that's really absolutely nice. you know and dad was always as much as he was a dad he was a mate as well you know a really good friend someone that I could turn to for advice someone that just a very compassionate very clever man um and very intelligent and and they do say that alzheimer's does affect you know intelligent clever people um so i'm hoping i'm not that intelligent (laughs) (laughs) oh well oh my god your dad would be so very proud of what you're doing not only for him but for other people right now so at the end of every interview, I ask my guest, what are you dying to tell us? Okay, Laurie. So I am dying to tell you that since doing this volunteering, there is a museum called the Empathy Museum. And it is going into a London museum here in the UK. And my dad and my story is going to be in there forevermore. So I am incredibly proud of that, that my dad's legacy will live on in a museum forevermore. And it's launching in early December. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's incredible. So my dad will be in history, you know, for forever and a day, which is Mm. just wonderful. So I think there's 34 stories that were have been chosen to be part of this coronavirus pandemic history of Great Britain. Oh, I have chills right now. Oh, you sound like John Travolta. I got chills. (laughs) (laughs) They're multiplying. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And I want to connect anyone to your social media. So I'm going to put the links in the show notes. And the show notes are available on my website and on our Facebook group, both at I'm dying to tell you podcast, but why don't you go ahead and tell us where people can find you? Okay. So predominantly for everything Alzheimer's is on our Instagram channel, which is rants and big pants. We are basically midlife women, three of us that talk about anything and everything from menopause (laughs) to, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, anything that touches our lives we talk about um so predominantly you can find it in story highlights for anyone that's going through this journey they will certainly relate certainly relate yeah well that's helpful i cannot thank you enough for 
talking to me today and, you know, the timing of me hearing your story and getting to connect with you at a time where I just really needed your experience to help me through and I'll be cheering you on and your dad, you know, just keep an eye on you guys. So bless you, Laurie. And I just want to say as well, what you're doing, you know, you're, you're living a dream and you're also fighting ALS and that's what touched my heart. And I just thought, you know, how can you say no to somebody that's trying to live a dream and is going through that? So good on you, girl. You know, I really admire you. Oh, thank you. Well, I hope that we chat again. Absolutely. Let's do it. Maybe in person someday. (laughs) Well, if you're in London, you must tap me up. But let's talk before then anyway. Okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you, Nina. It was a pleasure. Thank you, my lovely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Love and laughter. Yeah, love and laughter. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. 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 Oh, my gosh. Love and laughter. I think we all can use an extra dose of each of those right now. And I just really appreciate Nina sharing her story. And I hope it blessed you in some way. I just really loved it for so many reasons. Her story has spread all over the world. And that is just a testament of how badly we need to hold on to the positive stories that are coming out of this pandemic. It's not all frustration, uncertainty, and conflict, but there really are some precious stories and lessons to be shared. And I love that Nina shared about her experience with Alzheimer's. And I know it was really helpful to me. I know I will continue to follow Nina on her Instagram handle and even connect with her personally because dementia, Alzheimer's is something that you want to have a community for. Nina mentioned giving back and I think this is a perfect time to just pause and think about what can you do for someone else to make this holiday season a little easier You know, I know that there's a lot of conversation and a lot of angst about the holidays looking different this year, not being able to gather, not being able to travel, whatever your situation is, the holidays could be different. And I think this is a perfect time to not focus on that, but focus on what can you do a little differently to help someone else, a frontline worker, a senior, a senior home or a nursing home employee, anyone that feels a little extra alone right now. I think if we can put our time, our energy, and our focus on that, it's just going to help everyone get through this extra difficult time. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you liked this podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe. 
you'll get notified when a new episode comes out. It's just a super easy reminder that something new is available to listen to. Another way to stay connected is to follow me on social media. I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all at I'm Dying to Tell You Podcast. And then my website, I'm Dying to Tell You Podcast.com. You'll find show notes there and on Facebook. I hope that you'll find a way to keep in touch and listen again. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. And until next time, know you are loved and not alone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our mom. Make sure to visit her website at imdyingtotellyoupodcast.com where you'll find photos and show notes about this episode. If you liked the show, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Thank you.